All right, we are live officially for the Mike and Mario show. And uh, it's been a minute, it's been about a week or so, but here we are now um, and excited to be back. And over the last, what, week or so, lots of things have unfolded. Uh, just more revelation as to where we're really, uh, where the global economy is really heading. And of course, debt market is imploding. You know, we got a lot of inner turmoil in our country, in the UK, you name it. But we're going to dive into a little bit of that and just pretty much wrap up the entire, all the sequence of events throughout this week. So before we do that, Mario. How you doing, my friend? Welcome back. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I'm fine. Yeah. Last Friday, I couldn't make it. I had to go uh, to the uh, eye doctor to check my the operation. I went again today, uh, yeah. this morning, but it, it's healing. It takes a little while. But no, everything yeah. is fine. Uh, I noticed there's a, a lot going on, not just on your side of the pond, but here too. Mm-hmm. Um we had uh, the Fed decision. Uh, they they left rates unchanged. Bank of England the next day they left rates unchanged, even though our uh, CPI is almost at seven percent and our rate is only at five and a quarter. They think yeah. that's enough to to bring inflation down. But uh, as you said, there's so much uh, going on. So I'll let you uh, you know um, start now with what you're seeing uh, in the U.S. Yeah, good deal, good deal. So for those who are plugged in, uh, feel free to you know share whatever you're seeing out there as well. When we get to the Q and A portion, we definitely want to you know get you guys involved with Q and A and stuff like that. So have that stuff ready. And also, I see some new some new names and some new faces, some new visitors to the program. So definitely hit the uh, subscribe button and bell notification and thumbs up. Show your support for the channel. So yeah, so uh, over here, man. Like um, as I've always said, you know wherever Motor City goes, that's for the most part where the rest of the world will go. And so let me just thumb through. I'm going to just keep it in keep it in order. I'm not going to go out of order. I'm going to show you what I've been keeping an eye on the most. Let me pull this up here. So real quick in no particular order or, you know, just from from. Yeah. So no particular order, but just a lot of uh, articles that caught my attention this week that really just highlights how uh, uh, pressing the times are these days. So here we have world debt surges to record 307 trillion. And that's a very large number. But then again, we have the derivatives market, which is one quad, 1.2 some quadrillion. So debt, of course, is the primary issue that the world is facing right now. And then here domestically, the U.S. national debt hits 33 trillion for the first time. So just to see that debt clock continue to spiral up is not too exciting just because there's no way of resolving these issues. And then. We got a government shutdown that's looming. And so this article here said government shutdown risk spikes as House Republicans leave town in disarray amid hard hit a uh, hard right revolt. So this right here is not a doesn't come at a good time, given the fact that uh, well, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, go I, would, I would say that's a good thing as long as for if the government remains shut down forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, but I, I don't I don't think the uh, the controlling forces behind all this monetary rigging really needs this additional pressure right now, because this this ultimately will impact, you know, the ex- anticipated debt issuance in the next year or so. It's like if we if we can't get our stuff in order, we never could. But who's really going to be on the buying end of all those of all those liabilities? So, yeah, but more yeah. and more problems. Yeah. And the, then of uh, course, we go ahead. So the, that $307 trillion, that, yeah. it, that is a problem. But the other problem is that our system is based on debt. So the economy, mm-hmm. you know, if we, if we reverse all the debt, 
the the whole thing implodes we go into a great depression and right. it's interesting that uh 10 trillion <laughs> was uh created in the first half uh, mm -hmm. and, and i think the u.s total is around a hundred so the u.s has a third about a third of all, all the world's debt yeah and so it's a it's a doom if you don't and doomed if you do it don't matter anyway it go it's not looking pretty and then what else we got here uh let me just go okay so student loan payments are about to resume and i was reading through this article here and just people have gotten very comfortable over the last three years of not having to pay anything and they have mismanaged whatever funds they did have by taking on more uh i guess luxuries and responsibilities than they can afford so it's going to be a lot of tough decisions coming up and it's saying defaults are expected to follow so yeah. that's going to be something that will hit hard i think people are already uh discounting for that in their spending habits and mm -hmm. i think this could be what the what uh, trips the economy into a recession actually this uh mm -hmm. student loan payments uh because the uh american savers uh, they're running out of all their say you know the the all the cash injections they got mm -hmm. during covid yeah. so you you should expect to see credit card borrowing continue to rise i mean it's over a trillion already it, it's gonna it's gonna be a mess i i think and this is one of the major uh like uh it's like the domino that's gonna trigger a lot of things in my opinion and, and right. we saw as well that uh, mortgage rates are going up uh the 30 years almost at eight percent mm -hmm. uh so mm -hmm. um things are not getting uh easier and the you you said earlier that where i think it was the ceo of uh general motors many years ago he said mm -hmm. as general motors goes so does the us but that's mm -hmm. changed now actually uh because us is not a manufacturing powerhouse anymore nowadays right. it's uh where the wall street goes so goes the us because right. uh, we're dependent on the the cat on the credit cycle right Correct, correct. And so like with the with the motor, especially in the motor city, like, you know, majority of the vehicles that come off the line are beyond affordable. And so if 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 people don't have ability to finance those vehicles, there is no car market. And I hear that goes to the idea of just being a consumer nation. So that's definitely gonna be an issue. Then also you mentioned about uh, you know, uh, savings and things of that nature. And I, I'm of the mindset that, you know, all the stimulus funds, which for the average Joe was only a couple hundred or a couple thousand. I believe that stuff was long gone. And that has led to the surge in the usage of credit cards to the point where people have literally been living off a of swipe, not necessarily anything to do with savings. Cause I don't think your average person really has made much savings. So yeah. um, then again, maybe we're going to we find could, out. Maybe we could talk a little bit about the strikes because uh, we have strikes here as well in the uh, NHS and the, um, a lot of our, the other sectors, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, public sector, our public sector here is really big, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, and you also have one in, in, in Detroit, the car car makers, car workers. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed in the press, especially from the right right wing press, is that they blame they have a go at the workers for wanting a, a pay rise. Mm -hmm. And then um, yeah and and even the central bankers here the bank of england uh, they seem to equate uh people asking for wage rises as being inflationary and, and i think that's totally uh upside down and mm -hmm. uh, i just wish the uh, people in the um 
unions would would learn a little more uh, about how money works and the fact that it's government and the central bank that debase their 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 earnings and and they wouldn't be striking you know they'd be working uh and earning and uh doing okay they wouldn't strike why why do they want to strike well because the currency is becoming worth less and less and they're buying less things i right. I, I don't know if you've heard uh, uh henry ford uh in the beginning when he started out uh, i think it was the model t uh mm-hmm. he actually increased uh his workers by five dollars which at the time was huge right that people thought he was crazy but what what that did is a, a lot of those people they went 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 back and started buying model t's themselves right. so and at the time five dollars was something real of course nowadays yeah, I, uh here so just speak like that's that is yeah that is something else so i actually wanted to pull it up here and that's five dollars a day so let me, uh, it says the story of Henry Ford's $5, $5 a day wages this is not what you think, according to this you know, person here. But given the overall uh, economic conditions they had then, it was a big deal because it allowed Ford to become the biggest you know, model manufacturing plant in, in the world. So uh, very interesting. But speaking of strikes, and so here, like in the Motor City, uh, I just saw an article a moment ago saying that uh, they are now about to ramp it up. So it's happening in phases. So phase one started last week. Where just a small amount, I think it was you know a thousand or two thousand or so, decided to walk off, uh, walk off from the job, and so the ultimate desire is uh, more pay, a pension, an, an old school pension, solely vested, solely solely responsible by the company, and um, to get rid of the tier pay system and less work hours. So more pay, bigger pension, work less. <laughs> And so as of right now, those demands, of course, according to what they make, can be calculated in there. But then again, that disrupts the whole business model of, you know, being in business for profit and to turn return value to the shareholders. So somebody commented on my one of my posts saying, Mike, you know, you know, these people work hard and you're 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 siding with the corporations. But I'm thinking like, you know, it's the corporations that give them opportunity to work. It was never designed to be their sole source of everything because they have to run a business. I'm going to counter you, Mike. Give it to me. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Because I've been reading this book here, uh, The uh, the Price of Time by yeah. Edward Kanzler. And okay. he talks exactly uh, about, um, you know, shareholder, shareholder value. Uh, mm-hmm. And up until uh, from uh, Glass-Steagall in 1933, up until 1982, uh, mm-hmm. corporations could not buy their own stock. It was illegal because mm-hmm. they could manipulate it, right? Right. And um, if you look at the, um, and I'm not like having a go at CEOs or people who run businesses, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you need to find a balance. But in the 60s and up until like uh, late 70s, the average CEO used to earn about 20 times the average worker. Do you know right. where, where it is now? 399 times. 
Yeah. And, and uh, the reason they've been able to do that is that they made, uh, in 1982, they changed the law and they allowed corporations to start buying their stock. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen interest rates go down massively for 40 years. We're down at zero until recently. So what yeah. companies, corporations have been doing, they haven't been trying to, uh, you know, in the past, prior to shareholder value, uh, companies, they, they try to uh, build a good product. Uh, they try to please their uh, customers. They try to pay their workers properly and make a profit. That was mm-hmm. what they, they looked for. But now what they try to do is just uh, enrich the CEOs and the shareholders and to, to, to hell with everyone else and the workers, you know, if you don't want, you don't accept this pay, then we're going to close the plant and we're going to move to China or somewhere else. And that's what they've been doing, unfortunately. Yeah. And, um, and to top it all off now, all that inflation that has been pumped in the system with the, the, with the low interest rates, it's turning into, um, it's going into the basic necessity. So uh, a lot of these workers, they're, they're saying, you know, we're working this much and, and we can't make ends meet. And we got the CEOs earning almost 400 times what we earn. Uh, mm-hmm. I can kind of understand it, but yeah. it all goes yeah. back to the, uh, the sound money part, because if we didn't have a central bank manipulating interest rates lower, uh, then, um, uh, corporations wouldn't be able to borrow because a, a lot of the buybacks, uh, they, they don't even take the oh. profits. They just borrow it cheaply. But that's right. like, uh, actually, that's gone down recently mm-hmm. because rates are higher. So it, it, it's very, uh, it's not as clear cut, I would say. Yeah. And speaking of which, while you were talking, I pulled up just a little visual aid to highlight the, the how, how wide that margin is. So let me pull this up here. And so this says the five companies with the largest CEO to worker pay gaps. And so CVS is 434 to one. Then we have a CBS 395 to one, Disney 367 to one, TJX 327, yeah. 21st century 311 to one. So, well, um, in, in, in I, I, there's another article I, I, I found and they look at the ratio, you know, mm-hmm. what the CEO and they look, they have a chart going back to the 60s. And back then mm-hmm. it was 20 times. I, mm-hmm. I mean, so if a CEO earned a uh, million dollars, you know, uh, the worker would, would earn, you know, uh, like 50,000, you know, yeah. it, it would be uh, more fair. Uh, yeah, that's the one. If you scroll down, you're going to see the chart. Keep going. That's the one I found. Yeah. There you go. Look at, you know, Ooh. and it started picking up there when they, uh, in the early 80s, when they... Um, you know, made it legal for companies to buy their stock. Yeah. And it, it's been uh, four decades of just, uh, it, it's financialization, it's financial engineering. Uh, yeah. And uh, all it's done is hollowed out, you know, you, you, you got the term, the Rust Belt in the US. Yeah. This yeah. is what, you know, it, it did to the Rust Belt. And um, yeah, it, it's surprising that they're still making cars in Detroit, I would say. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like the cars they are making, the average Joe, no, no, I mean, the average Joe can't afford it. So, literally, that's where you get into the idea of credit to where Finance, people have yeah. to be able to, you know what I'm saying? So, here in the developed world, it's good to say we live good. We live high on the hill for the most part, figuratively speaking, because we can finance everything. 
And as of right now, we're witnessing with borrowing costs and issues uh, and debt issues we're having, it's, it's unsustainable. So something's going to give. And I think we're now in that period to where we're witnessing the unraveling of this debt yeah. Ponzi scheme. So uh, it's to be expected. But let me see. Right, let me show you something else. Uh, so as of now, as of today, they just uh, I just saw a little up, update that UAW, they're about to up it. It says uh, UAW's fan announces expanded strike targets 38 GM and Stellantis distribution plants. So they're holding to their guns and then yeah. they're going to more people going to walk off on top of I think Ford and GM. They have some temporary layoffs. So literally they're trying to shut down operations completely. And it's not going to fare well because I think, you know, 3% of our GDP happens to be in the auto manufacturing, car manufacturing business. And they said at this current rate, 250 you know, million may be lost daily, but then within a certain period, seven, eight billion. And so if that stuff really happens, then, you know, just, you know, less, less tax revenue <laughs> for the government that would further expand the deficits. <laughs> Interesting because back in, you know, uh, in this book that I, told you about they talk mm -hmm. about how a lot of these big industrial companies they became basically uh like general motors or ge they became uh, a hybrid they became like mm -hmm. financing and mm -hmm. manufacturing companies and uh yeah general motors had to be bailed out uh after mm -hmm. the 08 crisis it, it, yeah. it probably shouldn't even be around uh if you uh think of it uh you know in the free market sense Right, Maybe those right, people yeah. would have found a job doing something that pays better. I don't know, but it's all, uh, it's all, uh, I mean, 3% is not that much, is it? Right. It's gone down a lot. Yeah. But also think about if they would have let all the malinvestment, all the, all the issues just unwind right now, we'd be in a totally different boat. We'd have been probably through some of the rebuilding phase, but then again, it was never about like, you know, letting the markets correct themselves. It's all about continuing the, agenda of expanding the debt bubble like literally they could there and so question is how much more are they able to get out of this debt bubble you know what i'm saying because yeah, as of now yeah. they can maneuver and yeah, it's profitable yeah. for them yeah <laughs> i mean that bubble there's as we saw they're still being able to pump mm -hmm. it it's still 10 trillion new debt in the first mm -hmm. six months of this year in the world uh even though the fed's raising rates uh, a lot of the um a lot of the stuff that uh, the Fed did, all the QE in, in 2020, 2021, that went into the reverse repo. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, that's winding down. What that means, all that money that was out, out of the system now is going into the system. And mm -hmm. that will uh, actually be inflationary. And that's why I think the Fed's still worried about uh, interest rates. You showed that Fed governor saying that... Um, uh, rates have to remain high higher for longer mm -hmm. and you asked me uh, before we started uh, if we could see double digit rates uh, mm -hmm. I, I definitely think we can uh, and uh, it will be uh, not right away but eventually uh, i think we will because mm -hmm. it's the only well if they want to save the dollar that is i mean here in the uk the bank of england they stopped raising rates this week and uh, I, I think they're opting for a weaker currency because mm -hmm. we can't afford higher rates or else we're going to destroy the uh, credit-driven economy here. And I think it's the same thing for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of what you mentioned, the uh, reverse repo. So I'll pull that up. Let me move myself out the way here. 
So here we have overnight reverse repurchase agreements. And so as it's, you know, this is in the beginning of the, all the bills and stimulus, you know, they were just, it was finally all the banks funding these funds are here and now yeah. it's coming down now. Yeah. But then also go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, they funneled it there because the fed was paying more for them to keep that, those funds there. But now you can get more for like uh treasury bills. So mm -hmm. they're, they're taking that out of there and they're buying it, buying treasuries. What that does is that, that, um, that fills up the coffers of the U.S. Treasury, so they mm -hmm. can go out there and s keep spending more. Uh, so that's why it's inflationary. So and that's yeah. dropping very quickly. So that that's like um, you know, even though the Fed's doing quantitative tightening, <laughs> uh, that's actually neutralizing that. And the other thing the Fed is doing, mm -hmm. it's bailing out the banks with that BT fee, BT uh, right. Because I think the banks are uh, they can only be getting more and more trouble because we're seeing uh, bond yields, ten-year yield made a new high this week, uh, around four and a half percent. The thirty-year yeah. mortgage rate is at over seven and a half. So, and these banks hold a lot of these securities on on their balance sheet. So, yeah, things are shaky. <laughs> uh, how they'll keep it going, I, I don't know. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, let me uh, get to a couple more articles here. So talking about bubbles, just let me bring this up here. <laughs> uh, just, you know, one of many bubbles, uh, the unaffordability of housing. So this headline here, this little graphic here is just very, very, very troublesome. But let me mm -hmm. zoom in here. It says we're in the biggest housing bubble in 2023. Home prices adjusted for inflation are 85 percent overvalued compared to they were compared to their 130 year average. So as I was looking throughout this, you know, normal medium range here, just to see where we're at now and all that fueled by the financialization of the workforce, as we just talked about, the manipulation of government using central banks to just borrow into existence and central central banks monetizing a little bit of everything. And so certain pockets in this country here, things are cooling off significantly. And it's starting to, it's starting to concern a lot of people because you can't hide the numbers. But then again, uh, I've noticed that Zillow and Redfin, some of the primary housing you know, tools people use, even they're fudging their numbers. So between the government fudging numbers <laughs> and these companies fudging numbers, yeah. it's like everybody's trying to keep the facade that things are, you know, somewhat steady, they're calm. But then again, I I yeah. would disagree. <laughs> Here as well, uh, the average uh, nation. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Average house price, that's been going down this year mm -hmm. compared to last year. And it, we had the biggest drop since 2009. And, and I think that's why, uh, you know, they're desperately uh, manipulating the data. Uh, mm -hmm. Last year in, uh, in May, the government asked the uh, Office of National Statistics, which is our equivalent to the BLS, to recalculate CPI all the way back to 1949. So mm -hmm. magically, CPI now is lower than it was before May, you know, by 1%. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and... Uh, they, they had a, a CPI that came out. It was a little lower than expected. And and the Bank of England just stopped raising rates because they know they keep raising rates. 
mm-hmm. the, the whole uh, housing bubble here bursts and, and they just want to keep it going. And, and yeah. that's why uh, the pound has dropped so much in the last uh, few weeks. If you look at the chart of the British pound, yeah. uh, I think it's probably going to accelerate lower. And uh, that in of itself is going to make the cost of living crisis even worse. Uh, it mm-hmm. will keep uh, the people who are highly indebted uh, that have fairly good jobs okay, but uh, it's going to be the people at the bottom that are going to suffer because yeah. their incomes are not keeping up. And so I expect more and more strikes here mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So speaking of which, a uh, higher rate. So, you know, the U.S. Uh, 30-year mortgage rate, you know, just once again, so literally, so c- could this go to double digits? Based, so so based upon the Fed's current position of they're going to pause for now, but then again, they see the potential of more rate hikes. So we could literally see possibly, you know, eight, nine, 10% mortgage rates. And then how catastrophic will that be on, on top of all the other concerns with, you know, credit cards yeah. rates through the roof and you, you name it. So like, yeah. it just doesn't stop with just one particular sector. No. They're all interconnected because of that. You know, uh, I've uh, been a student, not just of the fundamentals of the economy and what's going on, but also technical analysis. And mm-hmm. looking at that yield chart, uh, it looks really bad because you had to move up from the beginning of 2022 from around mm-hmm. 3% all the way up to like last year, around 7.5%. Then it mm-hmm. dipped and consolidated, and now it's mm-hmm. broken out again. And usually that's called a consolidation pattern. So we should see the same move that we saw from the beginning of 2022 to the end of 2022, now Mm -hmm. to the upside. That would take us comfortably above double digits. And and Mm -hmm. that's why I'm thinking uh, there's going to, something's going to happen where they're going to have, and I don't know what that something is, some kind of crisis where the, the Fed and the government will have an excuse to step in and print again. That's, I think, might happen. And uh, they'll have an excuse there. Uh, if not, uh, if not, I-, I think we will see by 2024 or 2025, a 10% mortgage rate. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me, a 30 year. I mean, the US is in a, in better shape for the, the borrowers because you can fix that for 30 years. Uh, but here in the UK, for example, people fix their mortgages more for like two or three or five years. We don't have such long fixes. But yeah. if that were to happen, though, the people who would suffer from these high rates would be the banks, the financial institutions that have right. lent out. And, and, and that, that was their asset that's now becoming worth less and less as yields go up. Mm, so if you're so if there's a possibility of the 10 year mortgage rate, so when it comes to, you know, the 10 year and the, t- uh, the 10 year and the two year, you know, wh- how high do you see those and other subsequent? Yeah. You know, I mean, how now, high? We were talking there about the uh, 30 year mortgage mm-hmm. rate, but mm-hmm. the 10 year um, yield right now, I mean, we could easily go to five and a half percent by mm-hmm. sometime uh, next year. And yeah. um even uh, Jamie Dimon is talking about that rates could go a lot higher. I, I mean, um, I remember back in the early 2000s or late 1990s, uh, the five-year note uh, got down to 5%, and that was really low at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, 
you know, I remember trading these things, uh, bonds, treasuries. Uh, that's where I started out. I did a lot of actually not the futures, but the, the actual bonds. And they had a yield of more than six, sometimes seven percent. So that's totally normal. Uh, what hasn't been normal is what we've had since since they started QE in 09. And, right. and, but that's why it's being so is going to be so disrupt, disruptive because we've had almost a full generation that doesn't realize that the rates that we've had since 08, 09 are not normal. Right. So a, a six or seven percent rate, people might think, oh, you're crazy. It's never going to go there. But it's it's normal. Mm, normal. What is what is normal in this abnormal environment mm. <laughs> is what we're going to we're end up find out. Now let's get. Let me so I want to share that uh, with another little. Uh, let me visualize here. You show from uh, Rafi. Uh, let me bring this up here. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Let me zoom in some. What? Let me uh, zoom in here. So it says it says the three year, the ten year, and the three month uh, yield spread broke through the fifty day weekly moving average yesterday. Here's something what happened happened which hasn't happened since nineteen ninety. What is that he referring to? Yeah, so this is the difference in um, you see the the curve has been inverted. So the the three month uh, T bill has been mm -hmm. yielding more than the the, the ten year, but and it bottomed there uh, around minus more than minus one and a half. But now mm -hmm. uh, now it's disinverting yeah. and uh, and if you look back in time uh when that started happening you had major crises you had uh 2020 there mm -hmm. you know what happened in march you had uh 0708 <laughs> you had uh 2000 2001.com bubble burst mm -hmm. and then you had early early 90s there i think or, or yeah well 90 mid 90s there i think there was a huge uh, crash in the bond market mm -hmm. and, and also uh yeah it led to the asian um uh, asian uh, currency crisis the yeah, collapse yeah. of the, the the russian debt but also in the early 90s we had a, a big the savings and loans debacle and, and mm -hmm. the recession of the early 90s so uh, there's one exception there in the 98 99 but uh this looks like, uh, yeah, something will uh, happen soon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll see uh, what the Fed does, though. Yeah. Now, as a result of all this unraveling, the currency, the dollar, you know, a lot of people still say, well, you know, it's the cleanest out of the dirty basket of laundry. So the world still will recognize it because they're going to run towards it and it'll somehow someday allow the federal reserve and the government to continue to do what they've been doing forever. But then again, some people such as myself, and I'm sure you as well think that this time might be different where there won't be such a, a rush to uh, get into more of us liabilities. And then that comes into play. Uh, what we talk about gold and silver. And so I want to bring up that, uh, bring up this chart here that you also shared with me about what's happening out East. And so uh, SEV silver day trading. So here you said talking about the, the was it the premiums you're referring to? Yeah, I mean, in Shanghai uh, today, silver closed at 2540. And uh, right now we're like 2360. Well, it's mm -hmm. come off a little bit. It wasn't. So the, it's trading at a over 7% premium to the mm -hmm. COMEX. And, and the, the other thing about uh, foreigners holding treasuries and dollars, you know, they usually hold their dollar reserves in treasuries. 
But mm -hmm. if treasuries are going down in value, like we, you know, if you're holding a 30 year bond, apparently that was issued in 2020, uh, mm -hmm. that had a, a coupon of one and a quarter percent, or maybe a little more. Now, apparently that same bond is worth 48 cents to the mm -hmm. dollar. So I, I think it's one of the reasons why foreigners are buying so much gold, the foreign central mm -hmm. banks, because right. they're trying to get out of these treasuries because they know uh, rates are going up and the value of these treasuries are going down. So their reserves are going down. So what I think they're, they're going to try to do is to get out uh, of their short-term treasuries that haven't lost as much and mm -hmm. buy as much gold as possible. Unfortunately, they're going to have to uh, probably swallow the losses in the uh, long, longer term treasuries. And yeah. some people like uh, our friend, uh, the dollar milkshake guy, he made a good point. He said mm -hmm. that maybe uh, the Fed uh, is doing this on purpose, uh, you know, slamming the bond market so that mm -hmm. foreigners are forced to hold on because if they yeah. liquidate, they, they take a huge loss. Mm -hmm. But I'm not too sure if they're really thinking about that. But it's also hurting the banks, you know, the yeah. U.S. banks, not not just uh, foreign central banks. Yeah, but, but now, uh, but now, but, but yeah. now that they now that they've added that backstop that allow the banks to unload some of their losses, they can probably contain it because we're gonna we're gonna literally see that continue to spike up weekly, just like the reverse repo did two years ago, where it was an anomaly at the time, but over time it becomes normal, so they yeah. can probably okay. the banks somewhat. Yeah, it's kind kind of flattened out that BTFP, but uh, you're right; they they could increase at any time. And um, and speaking of which, let me uh, I want to talk about earlier this week about uh, what some call the U.S. The bond glitch. Yeah, and so clearly it's a sell-off. So, what are your thoughts on that? What were you seeing? Well, no, I you know what it was. It was in the two-year note yield, and mm -hmm. it was a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. uh, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Trading probably, but uh the the two-year no yield at the time was trading around 504 the yield and apparently went up to five and a half mm -hmm. I, I think it's a glitch and why well because it's happened in the guilt market well all it is is the uh data provider there uh mm -hmm. you know because the two-year no yields there's always one that is on the run because you know after six months it becomes a eight uh, one and a half year note. So they mm -hmm. have to uh, replace it with a new one to keep, you know, because the yield is supposed to represent two years. So I think mm -hmm. what happened is the uh, service, uh, the data provider, they, they for some reason put, put in uh, the wrong two year that used to be a two year, but is now like a one year yielding mm -hmm. 550. So they, they had to like take it out of the system and put the new one in. And it, mm -hmm. it looked like, um, you know, a, a spike in, in the thing yeah. because I, I called uh, one of my friends. He's retired now, but he 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 traded uh, treasuries all his life, and he mm -hmm. follows it still. And he said, uh, "Mario, that's just a, that's not. It didn't happen. It didn't mm -hmm. uh, do that." So, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, still does, it still doesn't mean that uh, the the bond market isn't in trouble because I I think the U.S. Treasury uh, they want to start doing buybacks of the old old uh, yeah. treasuries because it's very liquid. It's been liquid for almost ten years. Uh, so and, and uh, the two year that we see on this system that's the most liquid one. So I, I don't think anything happened there. It was yeah. just uh, because I, I looked at the investing.com. I followed the yields on there. And then yeah. not, there was no spike or anything. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So I was just curious just because I saw that the next day people were like, oh, it's going down. People, they're yeah. getting out, they bumping. And it so happened to come right before the Fed announcement of a pause. So maybe somebody was getting out ahead. So it was just a lot of uh, yeah. speculation as to what was going on out there. Uh, what else we got here? So article-wise, well, we got a couple more things we can touch on. You want to go into the Q&A portion. What you want to do? Uh, yeah, Q&A so? is fine. Yeah. Well, someone right. just said four-hour glitch low. Uh, well, you know, if if you look at all the other data providers for the Treasury yield, there's only one that you saw that spike. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think anything happened because, uh, yeah, they're just changing the the, bo- the bonds. That's yeah. all. Fair enough. Um, let's uh, so let's open up uh, to some Q and A. So feel free for those who are tuning in. If you have not already, definitely hit the thumbs up button. Show your support for the channels, and then also feel free to throw out some questions, whether at Manico sixty four or at RTD, so to stand out. And then it makes it, it makes it easier for us to recognize and then to uh, put it out there. So please do that. Uh, here's something. It says, "How much is an ounce of silver in Zimbabwe or Venezuela?" <laughs> Uh, a, a number followed by by several zeros. Yeah, also <laughs> whatever, Ar- whatever that number is. In Argentina too, I guess. Yeah, uh, it says Spook still got. Let me see. Hook up for seven savings. Uh, wish Boston, Zelensky. Yeah, Zelensky is over here in the U.S. Playing oh, yeah, for more yeah. funds. <laughs> Uh, this Brad B says, what about the New Jersey Senate arrested for uh, today for gold bars for bribes? Yeah, I saw that. A senator. Yeah, I saw that story. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Yeah. So the gold just shows somebody wants gold. He knows the value of gold. Uh, Charles says, Mario, are there credit unions in the UK? What are the thoughts about uh, credit unions? Yeah, I think there are credit unions here. Uh, they're, they're no safer than, than the banks, I would say. I mean, I've, I've had this question asked many times. No, mm-hmm. they're, they're not as safe because a lot of times they keep their uh, their funds with the banks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's policy. They, they have to keep they have to keep you know, certain portions of their deposits in the hands of the central bank. Correct. Or like the commercial banks. Yeah. Or maybe even the central banks. But I, I think the safest bank is the, your uh, own bank. You know, keep keep stuff yourself. Uh, And uh, the the thing is that legally, anything you keep uh, with a credit union or a bank, it's not yours. It's an unsecured loan. Right. You are the creditor. Uh, Josh says, what would you buy in the UK if you only have 500 pounds? (laughs) What do you mean? I, I don't really get that. So, I, so assume if you had an extra five hundred, would you just go get all silver? Would you go take your oh, wife out to dinner? I, I, I guess. Yeah, well, I think so. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe buy uh, one sovereign, which mm-hmm. is about just under four hundred pounds, and the rest buy some uh, a few uh, silver. 
Britannia's. That's what I would mm -hmm. do with 500. LBP says, Mario, what happens to bonds in high inflation situations, Argentina, Lebanon, Venezuela, or Zimbabwe? <laughs> well, bonds become worthless because, you know, uh, like uh, during the Weimar hyperinflation, uh, if a bond was yielding, you know, 10% mm. a day, but then inflation started moving to 20%, what's the point of, of holding something that's losing 10%? So uh, the bond market breaks down and just collapses. And people yeah. don't really want to, yeah, people don't want to lend <laughs> the money. They right. want to just get rid of the money for something real. So that's what happens to bond markets like that. But also when uh, when there's bankruptcy, uh, bond yields also go through the roof and bonds, bond prices collapse, just like mm -hmm. we saw in 2011, 2012. Uh, the Greek 10-year yield went up to 40%. So if it wasn't for the ECB and Mario Draghi to bail them out, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they would have gone bust. And, and a lot of the banks would have failed because banks, again, and pension funds, they hold this, this rubbish that's supposed to be risk-free, you know, and the safest thing on the planet. Right. I don't think there's no amount of return that I would want to receive in a failing currency, <laughs> denominated a failing currency. Like, well, here the risk... Yeah, here in the UK, you know, uh, uh, up until 1997, they yeah. measured uh, inflation with something called the RPI, which is mm -hmm. still published. And the RPI is 9.1%. And back in 1990, the RPI went up to 10%. And the mm -hmm. Bank of England rate was almost 15%. So they had it right. They did yeah. stop the inflation there. But they, uh, they had a really bad housing crash and a bad recession. But now RPI is at 9.1 and the Bank of England rate is at 5%. It's not going to bring down inflation. It's not going right. to slow things down. Right. And they know that. They know that. So here's another question. It says, what mortgage rate would you need to see for housing to become affordable again? And as you were talking about how, you know, we're living in an abnormal time or it's not, it's, it was normal to have you know, interest rates of six or seven back then. But now we're in the new near zero bound territory. I'm not sure what will be considered normal just because there's so many other factors to oh, consider yeah. in a debt market. So I don't know if there is a normal affordable interest rate, really. Well, I mean, what the, what the very low rates for almost zero rates for years did mm -hmm. is that it allowed people that couldn't really afford uh, to buy mm -hmm. a certain house for a certain price to do it because they, they just kept, uh, you know, as long as they could cover the monthly interest payments a, a lot of people took more uh, interest only mortgages as well here in the mm -hmm. uk uh and like you said depends on a lot of things if you have a, a good job and a safe job and you're earning well you're fairly young you you you, you could afford I, I mean my uh wife before i met her when i arrived in the uk she had bought a a, a flat an apartment mm -hmm. and uh she had she paid she didn't have a huge mortgage but she mm -hmm. told me she was paying 12, 15% rates, but, and she could afford it though. So it depends yeah. on the individual. But if you've leveraged yourself, like a lot of people have here, uh, I've heard of people that, you know, they have a normal nine to five job. Uh, mm -hmm. They're not happy enough with having just their home, buy that mm -hmm. and put a mortgage. They, they were so greedy. They bought another one as well to rent out while they still yeah, have a job. Yeah, ran out with, with no, um, you know, uh, interest only. Now that rates are going up, they're uh, 
they're in deep trouble, you know, and I've got no uh, sympathy for those kind of people. And uh, that's right. I think the Airbnb. So that little two or three year stint from this previous, you know, shutdown, lockdown period, a lot of people went out and got adjustable rate mortgages. And now them boys is not doing too pretty to where like just the Airbnb in itself, that sector is literally threatening the housing market. Some fierce throughout the country. Fox Moongates, are UK building societies safer than banks? Nope. <laughs> and most, most of them have turned into banks. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Anyway, but uh, no, they're not any safer. You know, you saw uh, uh, Northern Rock was supposed to be a building society. That went bust because that turned into a bank. So, no, there is no uh, safe uh, I would say there, none of the financial institutions out there are safe, nor the building societies, the banks, nor the brokers are, mm-hmm. are safe. Mm-hmm. Good point. It says, Mario, how are these uh, inverses? Uh, how are these inverses will last in the interest rates and are they unwind in long bonds now? Are What's inverses? I don't know. I think it probably goes back to one of the charts we show where the reverse repos. That I don't know. How are these inverses, I don't know. Inverses, inverses that will last interest rates? Are they? I don't know. Well, William, do me a favor. Clarify that question for us so we can yeah. read a little bit better. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, credit unions. Fed were bought down 10 years the other day for what? Uh, so what happens to stocks if we get if we go to CBDC? Uh, I'd imagine the, the Fed bought down the other day. I'm not sure what he's talking about. The Fed bought down the 10-year yield. When was that? <laughs> the 10-year yield, uh, we're right now near four and a half, but it hasn't been near five for over 16 years. But anyway, not sure what he's going on about. Don't know. Speaking of which, I actually have the 10-year right here. What is this? Yeah. Yeah, we're... Yeah, it's been a minute. Oh, we at uh, yeah. The last uh, time it was five. The last time it was at five percent was two thousand seven. So, I, I think he's talking about the two-year note. Like uh, earlier this week, it, it jumped on the screen. From yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, what else we got here? Look, guys, that Biden is being played like an actor. <laughs> so, look, guys, we all know Biden has been played like an actor. What is it all about? Uh, I just th- I just think literally he was placed in that position just to be the puppet that allowed all the, his or- his handlers around him to pull out their yeah. agendas. And I so think- Ukraine, of course, is one of the primary things you want to work- continue to use. Yeah, it's not a very popular opinion, but I, I think all politics is um, theater. It doesn't yeah. matter what side of the aisle. Uh, <laughs> if you look at the uh, the Republicans. Uh, when they've been in power, they've they've spent and racked up the national debt just as much as the Democrats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing here in the UK. The conservatives are not any better than labor. Uh, they they're just the same. They're different cheeks, <laughs> the same. You know what? 
Right. <laughs> so, it, and uh, it, it's sad that people still keep hoping that someone's going to come on a, a white horse and save them. Right, right, right. I mean, the system is too far gone. And I was thinking about the other day, I mentioned this in one of my, one of my little rants saying that, you know, for people who promise on, you know, unending the system or draining the swamp or whatever, I'm like, you know, the government in of itself is a swamp. Like, you know, one single person can't come in and make all that change by themselves. Yeah. I think so, the guy that had a chance to do it, they infiltrated his uh, movement, the Tea Party movement, Ron Paul. Mm -hmm. He had a chance to do it. But everything after that, after Ron Paul is just... Uh, controlled opposition i think yeah here's another question rtd if you could would you buy property outside of the city now or wait uh, to anticipating crash and a much lower price point a uh, great question so actually i'll be honest with you i'm actually looking at this current moment uh, anticipating the fact that if i wait too long the opportunity to be able to actually acquire it may not be available due to the bank disruptions and the thing everything like that because I'm, I'm, I'm of the firm mindset that you know, like a very, a very select few will actually have the ability to get access to their full amount of currency within the bank to use in the midst of a crisis, because I think they're preparing for this and they don't want nobody to really profit off this other than their big boys yeah. club. So wow. Warren Buffett's, they got permission to use yeah. their funds. But well, the, the other thing as well, uh, one of my uncles in Brazil back in the late 80s, mm -hmm. uh, he's, uh, he's still alive. He's a doctor, uh, allergist allergy doctor but he he had a, a a practice and he bought like a a, a house for his practice and uh he completed the the purchase he paid the uh, the seller and mm -hmm. then so he had the place there and then the next day they had a currency reset a new currency mm -hmm. so he he was really lucky because uh the the guy who sold the, that house he was left with these uh this currency that became like worth a tenth mm -hmm. of what it was the day before. So like you yeah. said, it's da dangerous to have huge, let's say you sell a house mm -hmm. and you rent and then you're looking to buy one somewhere else and you leave that huge amount of uh, deposit with a bank. In, mm -hmm. in this environment, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable at all having, right. you know, a, a, let's say a quarter of a million dollars or half a million in the bank waiting mm -hmm. to buy a property. Um, right. And I, I would... Uh, I, that's the way I, I look at uh, my residence is not an investment, even though it, it has worked well over the last 30 years. I look at it as a place to live. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't try to time it or anything like that. Right, right. And just the concept of uh, or how they say that, you know, the equity in your home is the is the bulk of majority of people's savings. Like I'm thinking like in this current environment when markets are very going to be very turbulent, you can lose that in an instance. And th oh, yeah. then what? Like, you know, if you're, the, if you're the, literally... And I don't think you should worry, unless you have a huge mortgage. Let's say mm -hmm. you live in, uh, I mean, in the UK is a little different because in the US, uh, you can go live somewhere else where it's a lot cheaper. But mm -hmm. here as well, but not as much. But let's say uh, yields start, keep going up, you know, the more house prices go down so your house goes from being worth a hundred thousand and it becomes worth fifty thousand mm -hmm. have you really lost anything if the houses you know that you wanted to buy somewhere else have also gone down so i, right. I wouldn't worry about it i'd worry about it of course if i borrowed ninety thousand mm -hmm. and, and the house is only worth 50 now if you're underwater then that's a problem but beyond that if you if you if long as you got a roof over your head and the mr chaos and you ain't got to get that boy back to his rightful yeah. owner you're good, in my opinion. So, 
That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, Mr. Boston says there's no middle class left. I, I agree. And uh, it goes back to that, what we were talking about earlier in the live stream uh, about the CEO uh, earnings mm-hmm. and how yeah. the average worker has been basically, you know, like uh, uh, hard done by it. It hasn't really done well. And a lot of the a lot of the uh, corporations, they've moved all their production uh, to China. You know, the WTO, mm-hmm. uh, that, that also has uh, eviscerated the middle class. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the uh, only solution to that is um, to allow the market to uh, do things. Uh, uh, because I, I think if we go down the road of Argentina, the government always trying to help. You know, the mm-hmm. government says, oh, we're going to invest in heavy industry and bring back jobs, you know, that that's not going to work. Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, the government wanting to help out again. So Chicago explores possibility of a city owned grocery store in an effort to improve food access. So the yeah, right. city of Chicago who is already underwater, residents already vacated. They're taxing the people who remain there. And they're even talking about increasing the corporation tax. And so the, uh, the CBOE is talking about, if they do that, they might be leaving as well. <laughs> so well, I, uh, I saw that the uh, what, what's the governor of Illinois now? Is it Pritzker or something like? This I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be lying if I knew. Pritzker family, they they're like uh, they're, they're like uh, Illinois oligarchs, and I saw mm-hmm. that uh, I think Biden uh, just made uh, a, a woman called Pritzker the. Uh, the the woman that's going to help rebuild Ukraine, so I'm sure they're going to do quite well. Ooh, man, so look at that, look at that. that there's no coincidence that. Nah, but, I mean, will that work? A uh, 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 publicly city-run corporate uh, store? Uh, no. Probably not. You know, not at all. Not because they got a price. They got They're going to have to fix the prices. Yeah, so you know, uh, <laughs> actually, my wife was talking to me the other day, and I hadn't thought about it like this. So you got to thank her <laughs> because here in the UK as well, they're allowing people to just rob small shops, pickpocket, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. San Francisco, like if it's yeah. under a thousand dollars. And uh, I thought, well, that's just uh, the rule of law breaking down, you know, property rights. But if you think about it, that that drives small businesses out of business because they mm-hmm. can't cope. So what do you get? Well, you get the big, uh, you know, you do everything online. You know, that helps Amazon. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> Behemoth Uber, of a monster in Walmarts. Uber Eats. I mean, here as well, Uber Eats and uh, Amazon. Uh, uh, what we got? All right, we have 50 minutes, man. I don't see any more questions delivered. I see a lot of thoughts. But uh, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us on a Friday, man. It's always good to connect. And hopefully you guys... Yeah. We're caught up to speed on some of the events that's taking place as well as uh, informed us of what's yet to come. So we are at the end of September. Mario, what's in it, what's, what's coming up that's worth paying attention to? Anything that you are aware of or in tune with that people should keep an eye out for or what? Uh, I mean, not really. I guess not we really. had the important uh, uh, central bank meetings, but no, nothing really. I mean, this time of the year, though, September, October is always – uh, a time of the year that's uh, difficult for markets sometimes can mm-hmm. be, but I, yeah. I guess also this uh, government closing down in the U.S. Um, yeah, that could yeah. affect uh, that could affect things. And yeah, it, it uh, definitely will. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's never it's going it's never gonna be a dull moment. So there will be something. To, no, that, and the uh, other thing I, as well, keep an eye on the uh, that ten year yield. If it keeps going up, that's mm -hmm. not good. You know, and someone said the other day, oh, you said it, all hell would break loose if we went through four point four. But if you look at the uh, the Nasdaq, it's got its biggest uh, monthly drop since December mm -hmm. last year, and that's because of the bond yields. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, well, good people. Um, enjoy your weekend. Unplug. Get out. Enjoy nature. Hug a loved one. Tell somebody you love them. Give a stranger a text or a call. Tell them you're just thinking about them. You know, that's be a good way to spread the love, my good people. But other than that, be blessed. Be safe. And we'll see you next week. Well, of course, we're going to have more to talk about. So hit that thumbs up on the way out, people. See you guys.